Good, good morning, James. My name is Taffy and um, uh, team manager in uh, Waitrose, Bilariki. I've been in the business for 22 years and I am a member of the uh, Black Partner Advisory Group and all things DNI at the very core of my being. And I am pleased that you've been following and listening to our podcast and I welcome you. Shout out to Ian and Dale for once again organizing this uh, special podcast so that partners can hear the conversation. You know, DNI is an everyday life. It's something that we should live. It's not an event and we live it every day. And that's why, you know, we are doing this in the background to make sure that the message uh, continues to be relevant and to be alive. And thank you for joining us. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, James? Thank you. Yeah, good morning. Thank you for having me. So I first started in the partnership in 2010 when I was in sixth form, dry goods one era, then went to university, came back as a seasonal temp during Christmas and summer, and then came back after uni. So I graduated in 2015, then became assistant team manager in 2016 of customer service at the time. So I'm still here in Tame, born and bred, current assistant team manager on service bolt on. And kind of like the past year, focusing on DNI in this branch has been just really fascinating i've loved it um, i've been doing it with my colleague marvin who's also an atm on service it's just been great i mean tame is a very white conservative area so kind of a lot of the partners here almost haven't really had anything to do with diversity and inclusion so it's been really great to see kind of partners in the branch really react and with a positive response to everything learning about, about kind of rosh hashanah eid certain kind of religious holidays that they may never have even particularly heard of so it's really been great to kind of not only learn myself but then be able to share that knowledge with partners in this branch oh wonderful wonderful so i think you've raised an interesting question there james around um which is a myth that we want to debunk that's why we're doing this uh podcast when you say when you talk about tim being a a very white area and and naturally may not look very diverse this is the reason why we're doing this podcast just so that we can de debunk some of those myths and uh, you know I, I did some work with 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 branch in Sudbury and also with uh, a branch in uh, the Midlands I'm forgetting the name the name is just gone and uh, there's a similar issue with that kind of but the question I asked and I'm going to pose the same question to you today is despite color, despite religious backgrounds, if you look at TAME, you've got weekenders, you have probably got part-timers, you've got older people that are nearing retirement, you've got students and male, female, different age groups. Uh, all I'm trying to do here is for us not to restrict ourselves from having the conversation based on the very visible things that are that we normally sort of incline ourselves with when it comes to diversity and inclusion which are color religious inclination sex gender and all that sort of things but actually to really 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 look at your community which is your your branch and think right okay what different kind of people do we have? Don't think about color. Yes, color is important, but actually when it's predominantly white, you then find the differences 
that we do. And all I would urge is to continue to agitate in that space so that, you know, you may have people that come, that are Jodies, that come from the North, people that are Irish, you know, do you see what I mean? And when you start looking yeah. at that, they are all white, but actually they have got very different DNI needs, if that, if that makes sense. I don't know if that helps. No, it does. Like when I first was kind of getting into the whole diversity and inclusion thing, you're right, your mind kind of automatically goes to kind of colour and sexuality. And then it wasn't until you kind of spent a bit more time looking into it where you look at kind of the ability side, working parents, gender, intergenerational, um, part-time, full-time. And kind of, it was a bit, of, it was very much an eye-opener for me because I do admit I went straight to kind of race and sexuality and religion. And I think kind of a lot of people in this branch had the same kind of response as I did. They kind of also admitted that they didn't think about the age of our partners, where they're from, in terms of ability, whether it was mental or physical. Great for me to kind of develop my knowledge on those areas, because I was coming into it as kind of an openly gay man thinking, oh, that's one of the diversity inclusion things, not thinking actually my age factors in, my mental health factors in. So it's been really eye-opening. Thank you for that. And, and, and I think that's really, really important. And that's why we continue to do this podcast so that we can sort of continue. The, these podcasts are more about education so that the conversation can continue to explore the wide range of all things DNI. It's a very, very big subject and it's an inclusive subject. And I think that's really, really important. And, and thank you for that. And, and I'm really encouraged that you, you, you're continuing to agitate. Also, thank you for your honesty of where your default position was, obviously with the usual things that people are identify with when it comes to DNI. Thank you for that. The next question I'm going to ask you is, do you have, and, and thank you, did I hear that correctly, that uh, you're openly gay? Yes. Okay, thank you for that. And uh, I, I'm gonna ask you a question. And obviously, you know, this, the, this podcast, people are free. We are free to talk about anything about DNI and I want you to be free you know, because this is educational. Now, I want you to tell me about a situation where you have had to deal with a difficult DNI issue, either at work or in your personal life. And what was the situation? And how did you deal with it? And what do you think would learn from it or do differently in future? I think for me, it would have to be kind of me coming out to people so coming out to my friends was easier I came out when I was 18 I'm 27 now because they kind of grew up with me they knew who I was outside of the home life when it came to coming out to like my family that was a bit more of a struggle because although I'm born and raised in Oxfordshire my mum and dad and my sister and the rest of my family are from Liverpool so for some reason in my head I was kind of constantly going right northern family they might not react to it particularly well or like it because there was no one in my family at the time who had who was openly lgbtq plus so kind of my way of dealing with it was to go to university and send them a drunken text which i'm quite ashamed to say now because actually the next morning when i was kind of on the phone to them they didn't they didn't care they they knew they of course they knew they didn't care they were more disappointed that i hadn't been able to tell them face to face or 
sober in a way so I think that was something that I really struggled with and it wasn't until kind of going to union kind of graduating kind of the world of kind of adulthood and working where I kind of finally accepted who I am now some people kind of can click straight away that they know that I'm gay or some people have no idea but I'm very open I've always said kind of working here I'm very open with everyone I'm honest if anybody has any questions about anything I'll happily answer it at the beginning of the year I shared my coming out story with um, everyone in my branch on our Google Currents because we've got a very active Google Currents group and the response was kind of overwhelming so I wish I had the confidence that I have now when I was younger to be able to come out and be proud of Philip because I think when I was young I didn't have anyone in my life to kind of look up to there was no one else in my kind of school that was gay I didn't know anyone working here part-time that was so I kind of just wish I had more confidence, not only myself, but confidence that, you know, you see all these stories of kind of uh, LGBTQ plus youths being kind of kicked out of their families or being abused by families because of um, just who they are. So I think that's kind of always in the back of my head, um, thinking, right, what's the worst outcome? And at no point did I think there would be a positive one. And Luckily for me, it was. I know not everyone else is unlucky to have the same outcome as me, but I just wish that I'd had more confidence, but also more, it would have been good when I was here in 2010 to 2012, there was nothing in this branch about diversity and inclusion or anything. It was rock up, work crisps, go home. So that's why I think, although share my coming out story, if it's helped one person in this branch, whether it is to come out to their friends and family or improve their knowledge that if someone was to come out in their family life or a friend of theirs that they kind of maybe would know how to kind of react or deal with it so even if I've just helped one person now that I've kind of matured and gained confidence then I feel like that's I've done my job in a way but it would definitely be I wish I had more confidence when I was younger. Thank you for that James thank you for your for your honesty and uh, that leads me to, to the question I was going to ask you that, you know, for me, because I am black, I don't have to tell anyone that I'm black because you can see it, right? And sometimes you may not be able to see that someone is gay until you probably speak to them. Now, the question I want to ask is, what would you tell the younger gems that are listening to this podcast and it's probably going through what you were going through either in an issue of coming out or in any other issue related to DNI, what would you say to them now to change or to do earlier than you, that you wish you had done a lot earlier so that you can integrate quicker and, and be more confident about who you are a lot earlier and quicker? I think I would honestly kind of turn around and say stop being such a people pleaser. Because I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to keep my family happy. And I thought if I was going to come out, then they might not be proud of me. Would my friends think of me differently? So when I went to university, I kind of told all of my flatmates and friends at first that I was bisexual because I thought that might soften the blow and it might think that they might therefore only dislike 50% of me. Whereas in reality, if I just kind of realised that as long as I'm happy, then that's all that matters stop trying to kind of be someone that you expect people for you to be so I don't want to 
I kind of just turn around to myself and be like, those people that bullied you at school don't now try and become the person they want you to be, be the person that you are and that you want to be. And therefore you will be happier because when I came out and I was finally who I was and happy, that's when I found the best people in my life, friends, family. So it really would just kind of, it's like one of the values, like be yourself always, just continue. I, for years, I lied to people and pretended to be someone who I wasn't because I wanted to please them. When in reality, I should have just turned around and been like, right, sod you, I'm going to be who I am. And now that I am, I'm the happiest I've been. And I think because years of kind of not being yourself and being bullied, it took a massive knock on my mental health, which I still kind of struggle with. But it would definitely kind of be like if I had had the mental kind of stability that I have now in terms of going, don't please anyone, just please yourself, then I think that would be the advice that I would give. Fantastic. Thank you so much. So I'm getting, you know, the theme that be be yourself always and be confident in your skin. Don't please people, but make sure you are happy first and people will come along with you. Yeah, definitely. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you for that, James. Then the next question will be, if you can just tell me who your role model is, either in the DNA space or, or, or any other space, and why? Well, this sounds weird, and anybody in my branch who knows me who will listen to this will probably know I'm about to say this person's name, but it would be Sandra Bullock, which okay. sounds a bit weird. I think just kind of growing up watching her, in films and interviews I think that's kind of someone who I just watched and I just they were full of confidence funny you could tell she was just being herself and she's just been an, an, an advocate for kind of so many charities and everything she's very much on always fighting for equal rights and everything so I just think she's a really good not everybody's kind of role model I understand but she's a role model enough for me to have a life-size cardboard car of her in my bedroom wow um i just think she's a good role model for kind of everyone from different generations like she's covered she's been around for a fair amount of time so i think that would be my choice oh wonderful wonderful yeah absolutely brilliant and remember the question was about your role model not what people think about that role model <laughs> but your role model and and i think what i've picked up here is you spoke about confidence you also spoke about funny. You also spoke about equal rights. And, you know, I don't think I've met you before, but actually from the few minutes that I've spoken to you, those are the things that the energy that you gave me, that's something that you, you yearned to, to get. And Sandra gave you that until you were in a position where you were very confident in your skin around people. And I can, I can see that. I can see the connection with that. And thank you very much for, for bringing, uh, you know, us and the podcast listeners into your life around that role modeling place. And actually, you are in a role where you are a leader in your branch. And talk to me about your thoughts around the importance of role modeling now with the impact it has had on you. So I think I very much kind of strive to be the kind of leader in the shop that is approachable. I remember when I was a part-timer 
kind of going up and speaking to my line manager at the time would be terrifying. And I don't even know why. I think it was just because it was like my first job. So now it's very much the be yourself always is the one my my top value. It's very important to me. And I just strive to make every partner know that when they kind of talk to me or they see me, or even if they just see a Google post from me, that they know I'm here for them. Even if they're not in my line team, then I'm here to support them, manage them, direct them, give any advice I can. So something we've been doing in the branch is hearing the voice of like our younger generation of partners because they're not here as much. They generally tend to do one evening and a weekend shift. So giving them the chance to kind of speak up and be like, right, your voice is heard. I'm listening. I will take this forward for everyone else and the management team to kind of listen to. So I think it's important not only obviously to kind of the values in general, but I feel like if you're not being yourself, then you're not going to be giving 100% to the partnership and to your job role. So that's why I'm very much, I'm very open and honest, sometimes a bit goofy, but having fun at the same time, but also working at the same time. So I kind of just make sure that I'm trying to lead in a way where somebody, whoever they are, if they were to leave, they're going to think back and go, right, James was a great leader and this is why um so because I definitely think if you're not being yourself then how much are you holding back which is therefore going to maybe not take you forward to where you're going to be which is what I've learned from when I was younger so that's what I definitely try and preach thank you thank thank you very much and 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 do you know what it's it, what you've just said you've almost summarized the reason why we're doing this podcast because you've spoken about giving a voice to people about all matters dni you've also spoken about being listened to and you've also spoken about not holding back creating a culture where people can feel to express themselves with the respect to each other and that's that's really the reason why we've got this this podcast for us to continue to educate each other around giving people the voice, giving people the opportunity to be listened to, and also the culture where people can uh, freely express themselves without holding back. And uh, thank you for that summation. That's absolutely brilliant. Now, bringing a lot closer to home, do you feel that the business, the partnership, is doing enough in this space? With your experience so far, do you think the business is doing enough? I think it's quite hard to kind of say because I think if I'm honest like two years ago I don't think really there was much at all in terms of diversity inclusion going on that we were seeing in this branch until myself and Marvin went looking for it and we found it I said to Russell our DBM not that long ago I said oh all these kind of London branches having Ramadan fixtures etc why can't we have one in tame and um behold a few months later we had a Rosh Hashanah one and we might not have the demographic in the area but it's still how we're not going to know that until we implement something which we did and I know a lot of other branches across the country did so I think it's heading in the right direction I think currents is a really great place to kind of go obviously we've kind of a lot's going on in the business at the minute with SLT and stuff but I think it's going in the right direction but I do think there could maybe be potentially like a bit more out there. Like there's the odd implementation pack that's sent out to some branches, like about Holly Festival and everything. I'm not sure what 
other branches do because obviously I work at TAME but if there was kind of more material out there a lot of the stuff that I share on Google I'm kind of finding through research myself so like the DNI calendar is brilliant and I've kind of got it in display in the general office and it's really helped so yeah I'm going back um, to the DNI calendar it's been great to kind of have it on display for people to see but also for me to kind of there was so much on there that I just didn't realize was kind of going on in the world and it's been such a pleasure sharing and that knowledge of partners but learning about it myself but it's been so, so eye-opening so I think kind of the business has done a lot over the past couple of years I mean again like I said there might have been a lot for diversity and inclusion before two years ago but I very much had to go kind of hunting for it so it would be good to see more development whether that may be I, I don't know but I think it's going in the right direction. So I, I very much do think diversity inclusion is the future for everything. Thank you very much, James. And I think you've highlighted quite a, a big milestone in terms of, you know, the business putting the tools out there for partners to use. And I think that calendar was a really, really great tool because it gives you somewhere to start from. And I think, you know, for people that are not engaged, at least they can engage with that information that's readily available for them to use and, and I think from the conversations I've been having with people they, they are finding that the calendar is good however apart from the calendar and apart from the conversations that we were having quite heated sometimes I, I want to probably say one thing that is I've been encouraged with has been some of the letters that I've been I've seen in the gazette around DNI, some of them around religion. And uh, I think that's testament to the business for how they've opened this space for people to freely express themselves. Obviously within the partnership values of respecting one another. And I think that's, that, that's really, really important that we can express our views with respect to each other. And that's really important. If you got any thoughts on that, James? Uh, no, I completely agree. It's been really sometimes quite emotional reading the letters in the Gazette. And it's been nice to kind of, like I said, obviously, Thames is a very white conservative area. We don't have kind of much going on in the terms of diversity and inclusion, apart from gender and age and ability, disability. It's sometimes feel on your own, I guess, in some aspects. I am the, uh, that I know of, the only openly LGBTQ plus partner in the branch. So I think not only the Gazette, but google currents as well kind of the posts i've been seeing on unity and pip and working parents have been really eye-opening and wonderful to read great and i think i think that's really really important and you know i i work in work the only black partner that works in there during the day i think there's two more that work in night shift so you can imagine what that looks like and uh, how that you know i am very clearly visible <laughs> from, from, from a DNI space. So I'm the DNI lead in my shop, but what I have done is I've chosen a white partner to lead it. And the reason being is if the message is coming from someone else that look like them, it's easier to engage because naturally I'll talk about it anyway. So, so I found that really, really interesting and how the branch has been engaging with the information um, that is put out on Google Currents. And every now and again, I do put out a post 
And uh, there's a lot, th these days I'm talking a lot on Google Currents about African proverb. And, and uh, these are sort of little nuggets of wisdom that we were given as we were growing up by our parents of African heritage. And so every now and again, when I've got an, a, a nugget of wisdom that I want to give to, to, to the branch on Google Currents, that's what I've been doing. And I found that really, really interesting. And, and I think, you know, I know you're talking about you being, you know, you've kind of feel like the Lone Ranger sometimes trying to push this, this agenda. But if you look at what I said earlier around the demographics and look at the kids, the students and all that, and start engaging them and looking at, you know, almost like what we used to do many years ago, having like a weekend forum and all that sort of stuff, because they know how to speak to their audience, to their demographic. Do you see what I mean? And find someone yeah, who's who is passionate about DNI in that area, and then you can then sort of recruit them. They can be like your sort of weekend lead that can sort of be typing stuff on Google Currents to really engage with that demographic. It's really cool, and, and I find that that has really helped in my journey with the old things dni it's not something that unless if you feel a minority it's easy it's not easy to engage with dni i don't know if that makes sense what i'm trying to say no yeah it definitely does yeah and, and it's about looking for partners that can that are really engaged in that area that want to talk about that do you see what i mean and i think that you, you will find that very helpful thank you very much james i found that really 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 useful and uh, i'm sure i will Keep in touch. I will drop you a line if I've got other things that I'm doing or I can learn from your from the stuff you're doing in your shop. Thank you so much for the for the podcast. And uh, give this time back to you, Ian. Thank you, Ian and Dale, once more again for giving us this opportunity to talk about all things DNI. Mm -hmm.